RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. On Reality Check Radio, we like talking about health. We like talking about food. We like talking about taking responsibility for the food we eat and how we treat our body and to stay healthy as long as we can and stay away from that horrible sickness system that we have rather than the health system. And plenty of people have said that on this program, not just me. Anyway, I want to welcome to RCR, Alicia Bilbrow-Collins. Hello. Hi, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk food, but we're talking health fundamentally, aren't we? Well, food actually really is health, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I heard a quote from you in another interview on RNZ. If you can eat it, I wanted to know about it. <laughs> That's a great quote, by the way. Thanks. That one just, just slipped out, I suppose. But, yeah, that's how it all started. <clears throat> how early was that? Oh, I was pretty young. I Primitive, yeah. I'd say anywhere from, like, eight, seven or eight, oh, okay. I suppose. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got to yeah, follow your passion. you got to follow your passion too, right? So yeah, Surrounded by what sort of environment at that age? Um, a very oh, great environment, really. Um, my father is a hunter, as, as a, that's you know one of his passions is a side thing. So he was, he just wanted us kids to get outside, basically. Um, so you went out on hunting trips. Yep, yep, still do. And did all the business. Did all the business. Yep, learnt you know to. Um, you know, try and not waste as much as you can and, and, and to kill an animal and respect its life and be thankful for the life that it's given you so you can continue yours and all that sort of thing. And just just the love of the great outdoors and, you know, people call it hunting, but it doesn't mean that you actually get to um, take something's life. Half the time you never actually see anything. So Yeah, uh, there's a sporting yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just about being out in nature and that connection and being in places where there's just, you feel like you're the only person left on the planet, which was pretty awesome. Wow. And it's good to know you can look after yourself, right? If well, it comes to it, I, I know mean, what to it's do. It's important, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that quote, if, if you can eat it, I wanted to know about it. So that must have become something that, you know, where you are now, um, it began somewhere. So how do you take that sort of interest from, you know, eight years old to sort of stepping into it as a, career and a and a path in life yeah I guess it was just one of those things where you know my mum was always doing preserving of, of stuff and then was always trying new recipes and different things and I was very fascinated by it and always wanted to get in the kitchen and actually try different things and um yeah really enjoyed it and I suppose it just grew and it was the only I didn't really ever think of anything else that I really wanted to do it just it just seemed easy, whereas everything else seemed hard, I suppose. I wasn't one of those people that was in for the school uh, system so much. So, um, right. yeah, and like I say, I think it, to be able to actually consume something and it tastes good and it knows that, it, you know, you know that it's keeping you alive is a pretty um, special thing, really, and it's taken for granted by a lot of people. So, yeah, just went to Polytech and did my course and, just got straight into a kitchen and it all was just sort of led from there, really. What about, what about flavors? Were you was that something that you naturally were interested in? Because in the end, yeah. it's all about mixing up flavors, really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a funny one because I remember there were so many things I didn't like. Um, 
And in some ways, sometimes I'd have to pretend that I liked it, but then I would make myself eat it until my palate um, adapted to it. And then like, you know. You kind of dialed it in. You dialed it in. and then now I like it. It's just, yeah. It was sort of like, well, if I don't like something, that's only going to hinder my career. If that makes sense, I need to be able to have a broader range of a palate as I possibly can to try. And then it's your thing too. Yeah. Isn't it? And if you like it, others are going to, right? Yeah, well, you hope so. Yeah, but it'd be terrible if no one else liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll we'll forget about that one. (laughs) (laughs) New career path. Okay, so um, what did you start? I had known nothing about working in kitchens, only what I've seen in uh, on TV, and I'm yep. going to talk about that in just a moment too. Um, so where do you start? What, you're doing the dishes, or is it a bit I, higher than that? I was actually really lucky. I never actually, everybody always says they started as, as the dish pig, but um, I sort of bluffed my way and, and said that I was a baker, basically, because I'd done so much home baking, and I just started in a little cafe baking, and then they were like, oh, do you want to try and do a breakfast shift and bam, I just I actually sort of, I think I got rated one of the fastest breakfast shifts in Canterbury or something. Or okay. something. I just, it just all made sense. And I could, I love the adrenaline of it and the timing. It was something. Oh, so the adrenaline, there's adrenaline involved. Oh, very much so. Not anymore. Thank Because the clock's ticking all the time, right? Yeah. It's a, uh, you, you're, in, you're under the clock, you know, people are waiting for that food and you've got a boss saying, well, you know, no more than 10 to 15 minutes and the meal's got to get out. So your. Yeah. Yes. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah. And then what, 25 years later, now I'm having to learn not to like adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, just yeah. keep it down. Please. There's something very, I haven't done much of it. I know people who do it, but when I have, something very satisfying about baking. Why, why is that, do you think? I think it's the process of it, probably. It's a calming, and everybody who doesn't like baking, like, you know what I mean? Well, that's it's what that I mean. Factor at the end of it. So, I think there is quite a few people who find it frustrating. It depends on the recipe, I suppose. But in New Zealand, we've got some pretty easy, basic sort of things. And it's just, a, I think, the comfort of all the parts of it. You've probably grown up making something with your nana or your mum or something like that. So it's those memories that come back. And, and the smells, you know, the smell of it is just delicious. Totally. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how do you invent a smell like that? Um, okay, just curious about baking. So you move your way up, you've, you've got your preferences that are you turn into sort of inventions, really. I suppose re- re- recipes or combinations are like inventions. Yeah, it's, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's a funny one because I guess when I first started out, I probably had to follow, follow recipes, but yeah. um, and people always say, I can't believe I've actually written a recipe book because I don't <laughs> actually do recipes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find it a bit too structured for me now. Um, do you have to follow them like verbatim, like really stick to them? Is that some is things that you do, but I just don't cook like that anymore. Um, I've I've kind of explained to people for me it's been, you know, those big revolt like a revolving file circular. Yeah, file. I know those sort, yeah. I used to, yeah. used to see them in old 80s movies and all stacked up. And I've got <laughs> that in my head and every single one is a flavor. And I just, it's just spinning around inside me and I'll go doop, 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 doop and grab a few things. Wow. And flavors come together and then that's kind of how it rocks. And it's, well, that's, ex- is that's experience, eh? That's, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a bit of this, bit of that. That'll work. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I'll just Bang. look in the cupboard or see something or be outside and I'll just see a few different ingredients and it just goes, oh, okay. Like that's, you know, like one time I came home and I remember when my dog was a puppy and he dug up the Jerusalem artichoke patch. He had found a bag of walnuts, 
and got into some blue peas or something. And straight away I went, oh, he's just created a salad for me. Look <laughs> 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 at you, you're channeling me. Right yeah, yeah, wow. So there you go, you know, you just inspirations all around you really. So, but yeah. That's cool. As you work your way up, does the more pressure comes on, I'm sure, that, that yeah, adrenaline definitely. flow? Definitely. I mean, yeah, it, there's a, yeah, as you slowly work your way up through the, through the kitchen and the different positions, I guess every time you go into a new position, it's like a new job, isn't it? So you do feel a bit of pressure to make sure you're not going to, you know, mark up. And there's a pecking order? There's a strict, is it, there's a pecking order, right? In, yeah, it used there. to be. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it is anymore because I haven't been in a structured kitchen like that and then I own my own restaurant and I tried to sort of not, yeah, not really sort of go down that route and, you know, make people realise that we're all sort of equal and we yeah. always have our different abilities. So let's make the most of each of, of that. It's really. not like the military, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it is in some places <laughs> still. Well, but, I always yeah. used to think watching those TV shows, you no. know, and the and obviously it was watching tra- TV. <laughs> yeah, well, I've given up on that too. But you know, obviously it was designed to look um frenetic and fraught and drama and all that sort of stuff. I get that. Yeah. But I used to think if my meal's arriving after all that tension and crap in the back yeah. room, is it what sort of energy does it have in it? Exactly. I totally agree with that one. I think sometimes now it's very interesting. If I was yeah, I don't go to a lot of many fine dining restaurants anymore. But I mean fine dining has changed somewhat and there's a lot more oh people with better ethics behind it but I could imagine or wonder how some of those meals would actually taste and whether they the same thing yeah I people always I remember coming in and go why do I feel so good after you eat your food and I was like well one hopefully because it's organic and the way it's been growing and those people growing it are in a good place and they're happy people and then whilst I'm preparing it that I also am putting that good energy into it and therefore it is making you feel good if you go down the whole we're all energy route. Um, one of the things we've talked about quite a bit is the quality of, of food, of ingredients, of, of you know our food supply. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty clear that, that many people are thinking about that now. You know, the, the, the concern that uh, um, the way food is created, manufactured, the way it's uh, processed right from, you know, in the field all the way through is not quite right anymore and, and new things need to happen. I believe, um, am I right that that you have suffered um, through exposure to chemicals? So you know firsthand. What yeah. what happened there? What was that about? Um, ugh, where do I start? Well, I guess that, yeah, I guess. You don't need the full story, but, uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, it wasn't Basically, pleasant, my health right? went absolute, absolute shit to the point where I, you know, I couldn't even walk 100 metres. I couldn't get off the couch. Really? So many skin problems. I had heart palpitations, food reactions. Where I was, you know, you, in a in a very very low place. And I can remember the worst part. I was um, because I make a lot of products, and I went to write a label, and I went to write chili jam. And every time I wrote it, Carlton Footy Club would come out, and I went, "Hold on a second, I've just got to write chili jam." But it wouldn't. I'd just keep writing Carlton Footy Club. And I just sat on the corner of the floor and just lost it and went, Oh man. I've got a brain tumor or something's just not right. I couldn't couldn't. You knew what you wanted to write, but it wrote something different. Yeah. And I just couldn't like I and being in a kitchen, I'd always, you know, been 
able to do like 12 things at a time and my brain just couldn't even function doing one thing anymore. It was just like everything just started shutting down basically. Yeah. Um, which is pretty scary. So what do you do in that situation? you got to go find all the right people out there who um, aren't in the mainstream medical system really um, and who won't just try and sort of say, hey, you've got depression, you need to take some pills. Oh, <laughs> God, how many people have heard that lately? <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's a but there is there's a lot of different ways you can start with kinesiology too. I went to a chemist. What's that? Uh, what's kinesiology? Yep. You haven't heard of kinesiology? No, look, there's some things I haven't heard of. Muscle memory testing and stuff oh, like that. That okay. was a start. But then it didn't pick up. I had to go beyond that and actually go and um see a guy up in Auckland for um who did some chemical poisoning tests. He had a bit of a, a sort of alternate um, way of doing that using uh, vibration techniques and acupuncture points and bits and pieces and that. And my my husband was very sort of sceptical. He's got the sort of scientific mind, I suppose. Um, but within a week, he it was just unbelievable. I didn't. I knew I was really bad, but then there were things I didn't even realize. Like my eyesight. I remember just standing on the beach and just seeing the light on the seagulls' wings and just going, "Wow!" I didn't even. Oh, you d- you don't know until you get it back. You don't know until it's gone. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was phenomenal just within a week. Like it was, and it was. Yeah, it was. It sounds really bad, but it was like I was on amazing drugs of some sort, but it wasn't yeah. how we spoke. Natural to. high. Yeah. Uh, so were the chemicals identified? Yep. The main one was glyphosate. but there Oh, were, not that. Okay. <laughs> there, there were other ones, um, yeah, that are out there in the getting sprayed for all your horticulture. Well, that's no wonder because glyph- glyphosate, I had a look into that, and part of the chemical makeup of that uh, ingredients that they they use in nerve gas, yeah, for That's weapons, scary. yeah. Oh, Aiden and Orange and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. scary stuff. Once you start going down the rabbit hole, it's kind of almost to a point where you go, "Oh, I don't know how far I want to go down here because I just want to live my life." And it can get pretty overwhelming. It, it, it goes through your blood brain barrier. It can mimic DNA. It's Gee. freaky stuff, and we're spraying it everywhere, left, right, and centre. Okay, and but you got it out of your system. I did, yeah, and I still continue to. So that's possible. Get it out, it, totally. Yep. Hmm. Yes. Okay. So, wow, that's. I'm, I'm pleased that you manage, and I'm pleased there's an option for people in that situation. That's yeah, good to know. Totally. You got to seek it out, right? Yeah, because you don't know, and you go if you're just going to the doctor. There can be so many other things that's put down as, I suppose, with all your different symptoms. So, um, yeah, to to just. Well, let's face it. Most of them won't even know. Because they're just not taught it or they're unaware. They, they just yeah. don't know. Yeah, so you're but, depressed. <clears throat> you get a get a grip, you're depressed. Yeah, that'll be the answer. And here's some uh, pharma pills. Okay. All right, so okay. uh, you, you, you get over that. What do you make yes. uh, of the, uh, the way we are eating and the food supply right now, given that we've done a lot of talking about this and, um, and, and you know, diets are all wrong? You know, um, pre-diabetes is at 83% of the population. Di- type 2 diabetes, I think, is in the in the 40%. I mean, it's crazy stuff. It's sad. I find it really sad that, oh, there's so many things, like how do I start this one? Um, that people have, I suppose, forgotten the importance of food. And everybody says, oh, you got to eat healthy food. But for me, I'm like, don't, you don't need to put healthy in front of it. Just eat food. It's really that simple. Actual food. Yeah. Not um, processed. Not processed. Just stay, it's like they say, well, I mean, I'm very lucky I don't have to go to the supermarket very often and stuff like that, but stick to your outer aisles. Don't go yeah. to the 
you know what I mean? Just I've heard that one before. That's where all the, yeah. the not so good stuff is in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. Just keep it, yeah. Just keep it simple. Just eat food. Um, and I think it's sad because a lot of people see organics as a very ex, very expensive, and if people are time poor, they can't educate themselves on how to buy things that they could do a lot with or that are on the cheaper side of things, whether it's grains or legumes and bits and pieces um, and do good things with them and, you know, be creative and actually enjoy it and, and bits and pieces, I suppose. And just, I just, yeah, the food system's just all a bit sort of wrong really. And the fact I always say to people, well, if you're not in charge of what you're consuming, isn't that a little bit of a worry to you like I recently I think I said at my book launch speech it was like well if our phones all suddenly beeped right and we got a warning it said right supermarkets are shutting down you can't <laughs> go to supermarket what are you going to do who's your community where are you going to get your food from and how are you going to support yourself there would be a disaster yeah totally so many and but you're giving the power to someone else yep. I think that's actually keeping you alive we need it yeah don't forget that yeah yeah so I could rant on about all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is food wastage. I had yes. um, uh, the yeah. founder of Soupy Online um, Supermarket here the other day, and she told us that I think over 40% of all food is wasted. Yeah, I think I, I wrote it. Because they're imperfect, yeah. you know, worldwide, shape. Or, worldwide, a third of all food. No, but here in New Zealand. Yeah. Well, fruit and vegetable, anyway. If the you know if the colour's not perfect, if there's a yeah. slight, you know, we're, we're so fussy in a cosmetic way that mm. you end up with that scale of wastage. It's shocking, and there's people who are hungry. Yeah. Not or struggling. Children, going to school without food. Yeah, and struggling. Struggling to buy it. And then you they go, well okay, give it well, away. What is my option? I can feed the family for twenty bucks at KFC. So what am I going to do? That's what I'm going to do. Head to the drive-through. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm really curious. You've worked, uh, I've got two names here with famous chefs. One I'm very familiar with, who I've actually met. And that's oh. Gordon Ramsay. I met him at an ATM. Did you? Yep. Did you ask him for some cash? <laughs> I should have. I didn't have the presence of mind. I, I'm, I was, well, I wasn't shocked, but I was surprised because I was standing behind him and I was thinking, God, I wish this guy would hurry up. Because he's taking ages. He's probably right. shifting money around between British accounts, you know. Yeah. And the little small suburb in Wellington, he was here on a book tour and, and there's a bookshop locally and he was making an appearance. That's why he was there. And then he turned around and I was just about to say, oh, man, you know, and I, oh, my God, <laughs> don't I know you? You're Gordon Ramsay. So I met him. Um, Yotan Ottolenghi I haven't heard about. I'm not a great foodie, but I believe that he's, um, quite prominent in London with delis and restaurants. Very much so. Uh, yeah. These rock star or celebrity chefs, what are they like to be around? I never met Gordon personally. He oh, okay. Been, I worked at for Ramsey Holdings. That is what, could, yeah. Um, but the so attitude, would, the the yeah. attitude comes down, does it? Would, the, yeah, totally. I mean, he'd just walk through and bits and pieces and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that was a that's a whole different sort of. I mean, that's over fifteen years ago, so I'd like yeah. to think that things are a bit different. But yeah, it does filter down. Was he good at what he did? I mean, you didn't meet him, but he must have a reputation. Was it? Was, oh, he, was definitely. He, I mean, I was that was my thing. I was like, I want to work at Michelin star restaurant. If I'm going to work for you, yeah. it's him. He's the first, you know, one of the. So he knows top. what he's doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Totally. I mean, yeah. look, look at his success. Okay, he's made some a few little muck-ups, but who doesn't? That's yeah, well, exactly. Make mistakes to, but totally, he's at the top of his game, and I totally respect him for how hard he's worked. You, it's just phenomenal, the hours and that lifestyle choice is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be ball-breaking, wouldn't it? Totally. You do, that's it. You are, there's nothing else. That is your world. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, education. And at the high level, do you ever get to see who's who, who you're feeding? You know, do you look out the door and there's someone famous out there? Or? Oh, that was great. At Otterlingi because it was a completely different environment. It was great. You know, you're in and out of the kitchen and coming up and putting food out on display. So, yeah, you'd see lots of um, celebrities, actually. Okay. Like who? <laughs> oh, ginger spice. Oh. No, um, <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Um. My daughters would be happy to hear that. What's her name? Helene Bottom Tartar. Um, oh, that's a, she's an actress, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was lots of all the time there was, but oh, I, oh, I bumped, I actually almost knocked Reese Witherspoon over twice. Oh, she's very small. Well, easy done. She's just so little. Yeah. Like, and I'm kind of tall. And I'm, yeah, like, I suppose you can't tell on screen, can you? No. Oh. It's like, oh, shit, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you were taller, I probably would have seen you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay, but but they have the potential to to become big stars, don't they? Those uh, celebrity chefs. Now the book, Food yes. for Thought, yes, by Beer Lion Kitchen. Curious yeah. about the name, obviously. Curious about. I was always going to ask you about the name. No, that's right. Um, so when we, my husband and I, moved back to New Zealand, um, we started our own business. Um, which we had decided we would already call Beer, beer Line Foods. Uh, my husband, when I first met him, um, I just started calling him my beer. Um, and my. Uh, uh, how did that one come about? Uh, what what beer like? So cuddly and oh. lovely and snuggly. No, and he's just a big. He doesn't catch fish beer. out of a river with his mouth. <laughs> well, sometimes before hibernation. Yeah, yeah, we do plenty of that. All right, so that's the bear part and the lion part. And my sister, um, or call me little lion since I can remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So you started. There's a kitchen by that name in Christchurch. Is that right? It used to be. Yeah, we still had a kitchen down there called Bear Lion Foods. Yeah, and then I still go under that. That's the name of my business that I still go under up here. Um, And don't you go to people's houses and cook, or did you? do I do all sorts of bits and pieces but yeah that is one of my things that I sort of you know you got to keep branching out and trying new things and I had seen my sister pretty stressed out and I thought hey I just said why don't I come and just cook your meals for the week to try and help out in bits and pieces oh for the whole week yeah okay yeah well, right okay. I can within a sort of dependent on how much they want to sort of pay or some yeah. some people like yesterday I went and cook like seven huge big different dishes that they'll freeze down so then they've got meals for the freezer or um, some people want as much fresh stuff as possible so yeah I'll just do a heap of salads or whatever and, and keep them they'll come home from work and the meals are done or whether they want stuff for the kids lunches and oh brilliant just awesome yeah you must meet some cool people that way yeah I do and work in great places and kitchens and it's, yeah yeah magic box I just open their fridge and their cupboards and go for it and they come home and think I'm an angel, and I'm just like, no worries. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's a good business model. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I've got a relative who um, is an actress overseas. She would go and do performances in in people's houses, and um, there was huge demand, like proper acting, acting out a, a role from uh, or or a play. You know, uh, yeah. there in the lounge, and they'd get a few neighbours together, and oh, everyone would have right. a good time. And the yeah. uh, you know the the oldies particularly liked it. Okay, now the, taking on a book is. So it, that's a bit of a roll of the dice, or isn't it? Yes, it's an interesting one. I mean, I'd always had in the back of my head that I wanted to to do a book, and then um, good things that come out of COVID, I suppose, gave me time to um, put a bit of put a few bits and pieces together and send it off to some publishers and see if anybody would take the take the bait. And Bateman did, and um, yeah, it was a very big learning process for me. Because I guess when you go back to that thing of the adrenaline or I've always been a time person, so I'm used to minutes and hours and this three years later. <laughs> it's took so, that long, eh? Yeah, just with all the, the bumps along the way and stuff like that. But it just it's such a, a very interesting long process. And I decided to I, you know, wanted to do all the photos myself. So I kind of had to Oh, you did the photo. Oh, okay. Yeah, learn photography along the way a bit. And is that another COVID that. gap thing or that that was going before that? That was just one, like, I'd have to pay for a photographer. And being a book writer, as most of them will know, it's not a money-making um, exercise. Okay. The time you put into it. And, yeah. um, and then also you've obviously got to come up with so many recipes and make all this mood and food in a very short time frame. So, one, there's your food waste. What's going to happen to all that? You know, there's only so many family and friends that can come around and help you eat all that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're saying not again. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a time pressure thing. Um, and I'd always been fascinated with photography and I wanted to put my spin on it rather than the the norm, I suppose, um, put my personality into it. So I was like, right, go get a camera and let's get That's it. like illustrating it as well. I know it's not strictly illustrating, but it's like written and illustrated by. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. Yeah, I guess people sort of, you can bring, people said, oh, you're an artist, really, with some of the stuff you've done and how I've plated it up or, you know, whether it's sitting on a radio or whatever, <laughs> whatever I radio. felt like on the day. So, um, yeah, lots of fun, actually. And I hope that sort of kickstarts a few other things in the future. You got, you got some other ideas? Yeah. Yeah, just, good. Just good. need someone to, you know, send me an email with a great big cash offer and go, hey, you've got something different. That person, very remote chance, could be listening right now. You never know. You never know. It's it's always worth a try. Okay, and how's it how's it done? How how long has it been out? How how's it done on sales? Without um, giving away, you know, until I haven't had a like official I, I think I asked the publishers a while oh, not that long ago and they said it's still very early days. Um all the copies that I had to purchase um I've sold, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Um yeah, I think it seems to be ticking along. I think the more the word of word of mouth is getting out there and, and, and a lot of people are enjoying the fact that it's different, um, I suppose, and they get a bit of a laugh along the way. And yeah, there's, it's not just recipes, there's stories. And I, I touch on the chemical poisoning. I touch on um, concussion, alcohol, the way we're growing food, how New Zealand's growing food, what you can do to help the environment in bits and pieces. So um, there's a little bit of everything for everybody in there, hopefully. So I'm hoping that... Um, yeah, go get yourself a copy, everybody. <laughs> you yeah, need it of in your life. <laughs> yeah, and, and get one for your friend. Exactly. You know, get your Christmas shopping done early. Yeah, right now. <laughs> Only eight months to go or whatever it is, I don't know. Seven months to go. 
be, be organized. Yeah. Well, it's been really interesting chatting to you. Thanks. And good, good job. Good job. Cheers. And um, I, I hope it's a success for you. And I hope, you know, other projects um, go well for you as well. And I'm pleased that you got over that chemical thing. Yeah. Because I know a, what it's like to be really ill. It's not nice. It's not cool, is it? Yeah. No, it's, it's a, main, cool it's a maintenance thing now, you know. Yeah. Not, I can't escape it, but at least I know how to treat it and look after myself too. And yet they still drop the stuff in the bush. They drop we don't it. want to go there, though, do yeah, we? Yeah, they spray it around schoolyards. It's sprayed every. It's just ridiculous. Whereas can't get enough of this stuff. It's like an obsession, isn't it? Countries around the world are banning it left, right, and centre, and we're just... Yeah. Not even wearing protective gear. Anyway. We should have it provided by the state. Protective gear. We can all wear, wear that PP gear everywhere we go. Well, it was funny because my, my husband sat at a council board once in Christchurch um, when they decided to get rid of it. And someone said, why aren't the people, even the people spraying it, wearing protective gear? And their response was, because we think that the general public will see that and become quite afraid. Quite what? Afraid. Afraid. Oh, okay. It'll scare them. Like, why are those people wearing? Yeah, because then they'll say, hey, hey hang go, on, on second, he's wearing it. I'm not. <laughs> anyway. It's all about perception. Fight. It's all about perception. Hey, thanks, Alicia, for coming on to Reality okay. Check Radio. And uh, so great to chat me. with you. All the best. You too. Take care. Alicia Bilbrow Collins there, chef and cookbook author. Her book is... Food for Thought, and you heard Alicia in there tell you where you can go to find more on that. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.